0: Good morning, Exchange Church. Great. Wasn't worship awesome this morning? It was so awesome. And then those pancakes, oh my gosh. I think, I think me and Michaela are going to like, just have to be a part of helping the men's team, you know, for their breakfast every time, because brisket tacos, yes, there's gonna be brisket tacos. Just those pancakes just look amazing. They make me hungry every time. And I'm not even a big, big pancake eater, but, I don't know there's just something about that syrup pouring down over those pancakes but i'm just so thrilled to see all of you this morning y'all look so lovely and i'm just enjoying worshiping with you guys it's just been amazing worship in here this just past month god has just been moving incredibly and i just love it i just look forward to it every week i want to get into my message this morning the title of my message is in god we trust and so today i'm going to be talking about trust And I believe that the Lord is leading us into the greatest season yet of trusting him. And so you may ask, well, why do you believe that? Well, if you think about it right now, there's not a whole lot that we can put our trust in. You can't be sure about the government. You can't be sure about the economy. You can't be sure that your candidate's gonna win. You can't be sure about how people are gonna respond to you right now. You can't be sure about the media. You can't be sure about employment. You can't be sure about COVID and you can't be sure about your own plans. Right? There's just not a whole lot. You can't even be sure about the weather right now. Like it'll tell me it's not going to rain. And then I look at the app and it's raining and I'm like, what is going on? I've been so frustrated with the weather app because I can't count on it. I'm like, I can't even count. Like, where are the weathermen? I thought they were supposed to know these things. Like they don't even know. And so I've just been just so uncertain about so many things. And you know, that tells me that God is wanting to build trust in His children. You know, when there's so many uncertain things going on in our life, I try to think, what is God doing? What is He doing in us? What is He wanting to do through us? He's wanting to build trust in His children. You know, because there is one thing, there is one thing that we definitely can put our faith and trust in, right? That is God's faithfulness. It stays true, no matter what's going on, no matter what the season, his faithfulness is the one thing that we can depend on. Surely goodness and mercy will follow you when you place your trust in the Lord. And so there's three things that we need to do in this season as we're developing our trust. And I'm gonna talk about that, but I wanna open up with prayer. Father, we just thank you God for this incredible time that we have together. Father, I just pray that your Holy Spirit would just continue to be here as it has been already this morning. God, I know that there are strongholds in this place that you're wanting to tear down. And I just believe, God, that even through our praise and worship this morning, strongholds are coming down over this place and over our lives. God, we just pray, Lord, that you would just be with us. Help us to open our heart and our ears to hear from you. Lord, help my words to be your words. In Jesus' name, amen. So Trey and I um, recently... uh, In September, we had our 26th anniversary, and yes, that's that's huge, right? Today, that's a big deal, and we were at a resort in San Antonio, and we were enjoying ourselves, and I was fixing to leave with him from the hotel room, and I had my mask wrapped around my wrist, and I put it there because I wanted to make sure that I didn't forget it, because I have kind of a tendency to forget to put it on, and it's not intentional. I I just forget and so we walked out of the hotel room and we were walking down the hall just having a great old time and this man this very rude man came up to me and he said you need to put your mask on your face and he was not nice about it at all and i was like oh you know in the moment i was very compliant and i was like oh i I have it right here i just forgot to put it on and i put it on and we were going about our time together and i thought man is so freaking rude I was just so upset and I got more and more upset as the day went on about this man so much so that I have to be honest I was looking for him <laughs> I don't know what I was gonna do like he worked there you know he worked there he was just doing his job but I pictured going up to him and telling him that he needs to be a little nicer and um, you know that people just forget sometimes and I pictured also staring a hole through him you know i just there were several things i pictured and you know i kept telling trey where is he i don't know i don't even see him and where you know where did he go like where did he, have you seen that man and trey's like no and i just kept looking for him and the more i thought about it the more um i began to realize i really have a bad attitude like something's not quite right with me and, you know, I've, I've walked with Christ long enough to know that that's not a good thing for me. To keep stewing over things like that. It's just not, it's just not good for me. And so I determined, okay, I probably need to talk to Jesus about this. Because something's, something's not quite, quite right with me right now. And I kind of was looking at my pattern. This was kind of something that had been developing and building. And so I decided to go talk to the Lord. And so I was spending time talking to him about it, and I started out thinking, I need to just fix this thing with this man because I have unforgiveness. Like, I really need to forgive him. I'm really still upset with him. And so I was telling God how rude he was and complaining and whining about it. And God said to me, well, um, how did this begin in the first place? Like, how did this come about in the first place? Like, you're pointing your finger at this man but really, how did this start? And I was like, oh, yeah, I I wasn't following the hotel's policy. I wasn't putting my mask on like I was supposed to. And he was like, yeah, had you kind of done what you were supposed to do to begin with, we wouldn't have gotten to this place. And I was like, good point, good point. And so I was like, okay, well, all right, well then let's move on to the next thing I'm upset about. I'm done with COVID you know it's time for you to remove it it's time for COVID to be gone I don't yes I don't want to wear the mask anymore I I want things to go back to normal and you know I've had COVID so I understand safety and I understand keeping everybody well I get all of that but I was just this was me and where I was at in the moment complaining and whining to God and so I said you know it's time for you to remove COVID we've we've it's been this many months we're good you can take it away now and um and God said to me with a question he gave he he answered me with a question he said what if I orchestrated this whole thing and I was like what and he said what what if I am behind COVID and everyone wearing a mask and I was like well God you wouldn't do that and he was like what if what if and I was like "Mm." you know I was just kind of speechless at that point I didn't know how to respond and then he went on to say I need you to quit fighting everything and I need you to trust me and I was like okay and so we kind of just settled that and I moved on so God's been dealing with me a lot about trust lately and what that means and what it looks like and that's what i want to talk about today our text this morning comes from psalms chapter 9 and we're going to be looking at psalms 9 and 10 both chapters but i want to focus on psalms 9 verse 10 and it says this and those who know your name will put their trust in you for you O lord have not forsaken those who seek you so we see in chapter 9 that um, This is david 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 wrote chapter psalms 9 and 10 and he is talking about trust here and he all through chapter 9 in psalms is celebrating some great victory that god has done in his life when you get a chance i encourage you to read psalms 9 and 10 it's just really eye-opening But all throughout chapter 9, he is just so celebratory. He cannot sing God's praises enough. He is just thrilled with what God has been doing in his life. And he's just celebrating all the victories. And um, I want to focus on the first part of that verse. We don't know why David is celebrating. We don't know what has happened, what this victory is. It doesn't ever say, but we just know that he's, he's super pumped. And so the first part of this verse says, and those who know your name will put their trust in you. And so my first point this morning is that we have to know him. We have to know him. You know, as parents, we teach our children stranger danger, right? right? You, you don't trust someone that you don't know. And we just enforce that over and over and over again. We tell them, no, nope, you know, and, and they watch us. They watch our cues. They watch how we interact with other people Um, they know who you trust and who you don't because they see you getting super friendly and close with some people and then they see you keeping some people at an arm's distance you know you're not real sure about them you know our kids pick up on all those cues and i can't help but wonder what we are teaching them about god you don't trust someone that you don't know Are we teaching them that god is someone trustworthy or are we teaching them that he is a stranger is he someone we know about or is he someone that we know yeah you know there's no lack of information about god right now you know when when i was growing up we had the bible king james version all the these and thous and all of that you know and we had to kind of decipher that and You know through the years i've heard people say it's so hard to comprehend the word of god it's so hard to get what he's saying because of the language well we just don't have that excuse anymore you know technology has made it so easy you know at our fingertips we can understand the word of god because of all of the resources that we have available to us but it's not enough it's not enough to fill ourselves with a head knowledge of who god is knowledge is important but the Bible also says that it puffs up so we can we can know about God all day long and not really truly have revelation of him you know knowledge puffs up the more you the more you know sometimes the more you use those things in a negative way for your own benefit and so we have to be really careful that we are still humbling ourselves As we think we know everything we do about God, we have to make sure we're humbling ourselves and surrendering to him on a regular basis. The more you spend time with someone, the more you know their characteristics, you know their heart, you know what makes them tick, you know what makes them upset. You know, when you want to know someone, you spend time with them. You make it a priority. And so I was talking to Michaela the other day. She was bringing up um, something that she was thinking about when it comes to friendship. And she said, you know, mom, as I've gotten older and I'm, a, I'm more of an, I say more of an adult because to me, she's still a kid, but she is an adult, she's married. <laughs> she said, now that I'm an adult, she said, making friends can be just a lot more difficult because, you know, when you're younger, you have sleepovers, mom, and you spend all night with those people and you get to know them really well. You see their bedhead, you see their, you know, The things that upset them when they're tired and cranky you know you're spending that whole night staying up talking to them like you know them when you're spending that much time and it's late you just lay it all out there because you're so tired you're not even paying attention to what you're saying you know and so she was like sleepovers just make it so much easier and i thought yeah that's so true you know many people know who god is but we really need revelation of him and revelation comes from relationship with him I love what my mom-in-love said the other day. Um, she was here at Awaken. We had an incredible healing service at Awaken one night. God was just really moving in the room and she had injured her hand earlier that day and hurt it pretty badly and it was really bothering her. And just there was just a move of, of miraculous healing taking place and she came up to talk towards the end and was just so overwhelmed she could barely talk. And she said you know I've always believed God is a healer always believed that I grew up knowing that he heals I pray for healing for people when they're sick and they need something I've prayed for my family for healing and she said but I never knew God as my healer until today and God had miraculously healed her hand So she went from having just knowledge of God as her healer to a revelation of who he was as her healer. And that's what we need. That's what we need. And that's what God wants for us. He wants us to have revelation of who he is, new revelation of who he is on a regular basis. Some of us need to invite him over for a sleepover. Yeah. (laughs) He needs to be a permanent member of our family, someone that regularly sits at our table you know is your knowing leading to familiarity with god or is it leading to intimacy with him there's a difference between those two things god is bringing us like i said into a season of living a christian life not just knowing about him but actually living out who he is my second point this morning is that we have to place him Either God is everything or he is nothing. We need to give him the place in our life that he is so worthy of. Don't settle for giving him a place. Give him the place. Place him as your strong tower. Psalms 9.9 says, The Lord is a refuge for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. You know, the two words, refuge and stronghold, in this verse come from the Hebrew word misgob. Miss God means security and protection in a very high, safe place of retreat. Miss God is one of several words used in Psalms that speak of security and safety in God. Psalms 27:1 says, David says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? We need to place God in a position of trust in our life that is fortified, secure, and protected. You know, you can determine your level of trust when trouble comes knocking at your door. You can see the position God has in your life when trust is tested. What do you turn to in those moments? Where do you run? Where do you go? Because anything else that you place your trust in other than God becomes the stronghold in your life. God can be a mighty stronghold in your life or you can choose other strongholds in your life. Do you know that you can, um, you can form a stronghold off of your own opinion? I heard someone say, I'm so tired of my own opinion. And I thought, yes. You know, we so easily look at everybody else's and we're like, ugh, ugh, just tired of hearing about this from them, you know? But have you ever thought about your own? Sometimes we put so much weight and so much trust in our own opinion that we don't even ask God for his yeah we can build a stronghold off of our own opinion we can also this one this one spoke to me big time we can also agree with lies that enforce strongholds on other people's lives I don't know about you but I do not want to be found guilty of that and I have been I have been. Have you ever thought about someone's character and said, they're never going to change? Uh They've always been XYZ. That's just the way they are. When we do that, we are participating in securing that stronghold in their life. Ouch, that one got me. I thought, dear God, help me. Help me not to do that. We are called to speak life over situations, and we are God's voice in matters. Strongholds raise up against the knowledge of God, and not so much his existence. You know, the enemy can't really get to me and and convince me that God doesn't exist. I've just lived too long. I've seen too much of God's hand in my life and in others' lives that I know there's a God. Like, he can't come and say, are you sure there's a God, and I'm going to kind of doubt that. But you know, he might... He might kind of he might get to me a little bit by coming to me and saying are you sure he's here for you right now in this situation are you sure he hasn't left you are you sure you're important enough to god there have been times that he the enemy has come to me with those lies and i've come close to partnering with it i've come close to agreeing yeah god's taken a long time to come through on this one maybe maybe my my promises have run out maybe i've used them all i think that's one of the worst ways that he tries to trap us is in believing that god isn't really for us you know his word says he will never leave us he will never forsake us and we say that all the time but do we really truly believe it in those moments when we can't see him when we can't hear him, when we can't feel him, do we really securely trust in those moments that he is for us? You know, that is such a dangerous lie to agree with because it's just a matter of time. If you agree with that lie, it's just a matter of time before you partner with it and you stop depending on God and you try to fix things on your own. And this is where Satan comes and he offers some backdoor opportunity he's like yep he's not there for you you're agreeing with me I think you should do this instead I think you should go down this road and for some reason it looks so good yeah. it just looks so good to us in that moment you know and it all begins with a negative thought is God really for you yeah. and you know negative thoughts are not sinful we have them all the time at least I hope you do I do, I do. Um, <laughs> what when it becomes a, a thing that is dangerous or detrimental is when we have one negative thought after another and another and another. And it becomes a lifestyle in our life. Then becomes an open door for the enemy. And what happens is it goes from here to our heart. And our heart is our trust center. This is our trust center. You know, I was thinking about the thyroid and how the thyroid regulates your hormones and everything. And if your thyroid is out of whack, everything is messed up, right? It's the same with your trust center, your heart. It's the same with your, when your trust is broken, when someone breaks your trust, you know, maybe someone in your family or, you know, cause sometimes strongholds aren't developed just from our choices. Sometimes people do things and we end up developing strongholds as a protection, right? We're trying to protect ourselves. Well, those strongholds have to come down too. Like they have to come down too, because if we're not trusting anyone else we're not trusting God either and so you know we have to protect our heart God says to guard our heart so what do we do what do we do when we have built up some strongholds I know this week I had to cast down some strongholds in my life some things that I found my mind started to partner with and you know I, th- I think about when we when we write these i was thinking about pastor trey when we were writing i was writing this message and i thought dear god like the enemy was just coming at me with these mental strongholds and i thought he's doing this every freaking week like every week and so i just i'm so proud of him you know he's preparing these messages and you know and we think he's just giving it to us every week but you know it's going to him first god's dealing with him first and so i i experienced that so strongly this week and um but God is faithful and he comes through you know um second Corinthians ten three through 5 says for though we live in the world we do not wage as the world does the weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world on the contrary they have divine power to demolish strongholds we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive you take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ so what do we do we cast down every stronghold you know can you see through your sickness to Jesus can you see through that financial problem to Jesus can you see through government issues to Jesus can you see through racism to Jesus can you see through your greatest need to Jesus can you see supernaturally can you see through heaven's eyes Jesus and his perspective must be our goal he needs to be the anchor the stronghold in our hearts he has to be so secure in our soul the third point this morning that i want to talk about is that we have to seek him you know that scripture says that he will never leave or forsake those who seek him and the word seek means to tread to frequent in the hebrew so when you think about treading water you see the person you know splashing their feet splashing their hands but what happens when you stop treading you begin to sink i don't know about you but in my spiritual life when i'm not seeking him i just start sinking yeah. i don't want to seek, sink i want to seek yeah. he never forsakes those who seek him we can't just know him we have to frequent him yeah. we have to frequent yeah. him seeking isn't a one-time thing it has to be a constant repetition A daily surrender. You know, David understood this very well. I said we were looking at chapter 9 and 10. And all through chapter 9, he was celebrating God. God is so amazing. But if you look at verse 1 in chapter 10, his tone changes. And he says, where are you, Lord? Why did you hide yourself in times of trouble? And he feels forgotten. They call chapter 9 and 10 the pendulum chapters. And you know our life's a lot like that isn't it it's like a pendulum one day we're up the next day we're down next week we're up the next day we're down can i just say that that is okay it is okay it is okay under pressure david feels forgotten by god and cries out to him it's okay that the pendulum is swinging in our lives there's nothing wrong with laying it all out there for god there's nothing wrong with burying your emotions before God. He's already seen it. He's been watching you for weeks, and he has seen your bad attitude. And guess what? He has not unfriended you. He is still your friend. Yes. He has seen it all. David was so great at this. He was real and raw and honest before God. But note he did this before God before God before God before God he knew where and who to go to David had a choice here he could allow a stronghold to develop in that moment of oh God you're not here for me oh God you have left me oh God I feel forsaken he had a choice in that moment He could let that stronghold develop in his life and believe that lie, or he could push through. And if you look at the bottom of chapter 10 in this chapter, you find David again with his faith at rest. He didn't buy into that lie. He says at the end of chapter 10, you hear, O Lord the desire of the afflicted you encourage them and you listen to their cry you defend the fatherless and the oppressed he went from where are you God to you do know you do know God uh, you know what's so interesting though is that externally nothing changed if you look through this chapter the same thing happened with David in chapter 13 if you look through these chapters you can't see where anything externally changed what happened David got in the presence of the Almighty God he got in the presence of the Almighty God and his perspective changed we have to seek him in this season David reaffirms God's place in his life you do know you do know God in closing I have to say that God will use anything or anyone good or bad to bring about his purpose on earth and we can fight it and we can wear ourselves out or we can trust him and find peace you know with the upcoming election and all the chaos going on everywhere I was reminded of when God told Samuel to go and anoint the next king Saul was king on the throne during this time And interestingly enough, Saul wasn't even a good man, yet a good king. And guess what? God put him there. He put him on the throne as king in that season of the Israelites. Jesus told Samuel, go and anoint the next king. And Samuel was the prophet at that time. And he was nervous. He said, but Saul is on the throne. Saul's going to kill me. If he, if I go and anoint the next king, he's going to kill me. And God said, don't worry about it. I'm going to go with you. Go and make an altar, make a sacrifice, seek me. Bring Jesse and his sons to this sacrifice, this altar before me, and I will tell you what to do. And so Samuel did that. And when Samuel saw Eliab, one of Jesse's sons, he said, yep, he's the one. He is the next king, I just know it. And God said, no, he's not. And Samuel was a prophet. You know, he was the man of the—he was the spiritual man of the hour, and he just thought he knew. And so then Samuel said, "Okay, well then it's got to be a Benadab. Surely it's a Benadab. It's got to be a Benadab." And God said, "Nope, it's not a Benadab." All seven sons passed before Samuel, and God said, "Nope, nope, nope, nope." And Samuel was confused. He said, "Jesse, are these all of your sons?" And Jesse said, "No, there's a little shepherd." the youngest, he's a little shepherd boy, he's watching sheep, and he said, well, can you, can you send for him? So he brought him, and this was David, this was David, and God said, this is the one, and he anointed him king over Israel um, after Saul. And I can't help but wonder, you know, I thought about this, and I thought about how We place so much weight on our own opinions, right? Without asking God for his, and I wonder how many of us with this upcoming election, I'm just gonna make it relevant, guys. How many of us have really asked God his opinion? What, what if, what if God said, you know that candidate you thought you were supposed to vote for? Mm -hmm. you need to vote for the other one. Whoa. What would we do? What would you do? What if we prayed for the new president that God put in place? Because guess what, guys? Whether we vote for him or not, God determines this. Did you hear what I said? Whether we vote for him or not, God determines who's going to be on that. God determines. He says over and over in his word, he places the people in leadership. He places the people in leadership. So guess what? If it's Trump, I'm praying for him. If it's Biden, I'm praying for him too. You know why? Because I'm gonna honor the position. Not because they deserve it, because I'm an honorable person. And honor brings honor. When I honor, it brings honor back to me. We have to understand this. We think that we're only supposed to honor or respect if the person deserves it. Not in God's kingdom, in God's kingdom. We honor because we're honorable people and God has the ultimate say in everything. We have to stop. We have to stop speaking to the ungodly behaviors of America. When we trust in God and Him alone, we will see America change. Is Jesus the stronghold that keeps you moving forward when things don't go the way you think they should? Is your trust in him secure? You know, the Old Testament says, his ways are higher than my ways, his thoughts are higher than my thoughts. I honestly used to use that as an excuse for not really knowing where God was going with things or not really clearly hearing his voice or somehow missing it, because you know he's so far up there above what, what, I, what I know or think but the truth is the New Testament says we can have the mind of Christ. We can have the mind of Christ, but it takes some responsibility on our part. We have to know him, we have to place him, and we have to seek him to know the mind of Christ. God wants us to seek him because when we do supernatural things happen when we trust him. Trust unleashes the supernatural. God wants us to seek him to bring us into deeper revelation, deeper transformation in our life. Guys, we are being activated. I just believe this so strongly. We are being activated. We are moving from a head knowledge of him to actively living our lives in him. If we are trusting him, it's gonna alter our behavior. And lastly, I'll leave you with this thought. When our eyes behold him, everything that's wrong in the world begins to fade. Why? Because we see the one who sees it all, the one who has a plan, the one who is for us, the one who makes all things work for our good. We have to believe that and we have to trust. Let me pray for you. Father, we just thank you, God. Lord, I just thank you that strongholds are being broken in here this morning. Father, I just thank you, Lord, that you are revealing to your people any, anything that they have placed above you, God anything that they have put their trust in other than you, Father, we just ask you to forgive us this morning, God. We ask you to forgive us for placing anything other than you in that place of trust. Father, help us to deepen our trust in you in the days to come, God. Help it to start right now, Father. Lord, we just trust you in our world, in our government, in our personal lives, Father, whatever is going on in, around, and through us, Father, We place you on the throne of trust. In God we trust. In God we trust, Father. We thank you, Lord, and I just pray, Father, that you be with each one of us in the days to come. Lead us, direct us, and guide us. In Jesus' name, amen.